The Daily Talk Show. It's episode 81. I'm Josh Jansen. Tommy. Jacket. That's his name. Um, Did you think my name was real? No, I'm sorry. You you would have actually seen... Actually, you wouldn't know this, but I was um, filling out a form you're working on a job uh, with me. Oh, it's um, one of those ones you need to fill in their name. Yeah, there's a... Work cover. Yeah, I... uh, Thomas... Jacket. Oh, you hit the Thomas. Yeah, I just thought because if there's the ID, in, you know how like some people yeah. are real pedantic with IDs. Yeah, and they'll say, "Nah, that's not his name." Dude, I got booked flights to LA years ago under Tommy Jacket. Yeah. My passport says Thomas. Didn't make a difference. Oh, interesting. I didn't even. Th- I got there and I was like, "Oh shit." Yeah, think this They're way. Fine with this way, please. Interesting, um, mate. Fuck. You saw the snap. You saw the Instagram story of. Me nearly fucking burning my hair off. Yeah, not ideal. Well, we, we're, we're playing catch up because we had Craig Harper on yeah. yesterday. But we, we haven't even talked about this. I, you know what? The thing is, I, I, you probably would have brought it up earlier, but yeah. I saw you see it on my. I saw you see it on my Insta feed. Uh-huh. I was just testing because if you said no, nah, I didn't see it. You I would have been like bullshit, motherfucker. <laughs> I saw you. Yeah, so you've you've burnt your hair. What a fucking idiot! I. The thing is, this is what happened. Painting the picture. Um, candles lit around the house, one in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Promise it wasn't covering up the smell, but it was. It's okay if it was. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and we had the candles, like a little one next to the tap. Mm-hmm. And You always have that lit. Do you turn them off when you go out or like blow them out? Yeah, definitely. Some, we've forgotten that one a few times. Yeah. But it's in a tin, so it, it could last forever. And it's in the bathroom next to Why like... Why can it last forever if it's in a tin? Well, the tin? tin's not going to break. Glass can smash. Okay. Glass can crack. Well, it won't last forever. Like no, if it, but it If you just... run out of s- fucking wit, yeah. it's not going to Last forever is me a saying. Like I'm just, it lasts forever. It's like it will go until it fucking runs out of juice. Yeah, it's not the same <laughs> not as the, lasting not, forever. Well, hey... Matt, it's hey, a Matt, nuance wanna, of my marketing mate, for Amy's wanna, candles. They last forever. They last forever. This thing well, didn't last forever. Yeah, mate, that only had 20 hours. Mate, I was, it was a saying. <laughs> anyway, I drink from the tap quite often and I put my head down to drink from the tap and the candle fucking caught my hair on fire. Did it actually light up? It lit up and I, and I put my head up and it was fizzing. Ooh. And I could smell it. I smelt it before I fucking saw it, which was the worst uh, bit. Have you got hair? Do you wear hair product? No. Uh, if you did, it would have been a fucking disaster. Imagine if I was like a, a Guido, for Geordie Shaw, you know, sprays their hair. Well, that happened with um, Michael Jackson, didn't it? That's how he... It was a Pepsi commercial. Yeah, and they had... Um, Fireworks he, and he got... Yeah, but because he had so much <gasps> hairspray in, that's why it... Went, <laughs> it was a, probably a wig too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Was, was he a wig guy? Love Michael Jackson. Bizarre dude, though. Anyway, I fucking burnt these. And then Amy came, comes in, couldn't tell what was going on, but could smell it. It was fucked. Hair was like literally, I was pulling out, I had like a big chunk of hair, and then the sink, there was just ash. Do you see any aesthetics? Any <laughs> I difference? said to Amy, and she, go, and she goes, she grabs it, and goes, oh my God. What's this big spot? And then she was just trolling me about oh. my receding hairline. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good joke. I appreciated it, but not idea. Well, I spent um, given we're doing weekend catch ups. Uh, I went away on the weekend. Dalesford did the um, did spa treatment. Like I'm not much of a massage guy. Do you do what? I I don't know. I I, don't, I should relax a bit more. Yeah. and get massages, but I don't know. I haven't really. 
Unless it's been because of an injury, I haven't done it for my relaxation. I can't help but like start to um, laugh. Like I just, just the not, not even though I just uh, think of stories in my head, or just like come up, or just so I'm like laying down flat in the bed, and you sort of have your arms um, resting underneath on on the um, yeah 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 the rest of if you've thing. had a ma- if you've yeah. had a ma- massage you on what's a going on. table and they she just comes along and just sort of puts uh, like this fragrance just sort of like dabs it on your hand so it all smells nice but just all these things were just really. Fucking funny. If you're th- overthinking the process, you oh, fucked it. <laughs> I was overthinking the whole thing. And the reason was because uh, I decided to get a bamboo massage. Have you ever had one of these? So that what do they use? I'm guessing they use a roller and they yeah, roll well, it on you. Well, I wasn't sure. At first, I, I was expecting like big sticks that they sort of hit you with. I didn't know like some sort of like... Um, ceremonial sort of fucking stick thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're spot on. It was like a bamboo roller. But the the thing was that I'd eaten so much bread because, you know, you, you're staying away, nice place. They give you everywhere you go. Basically, you open up a door. It's like, oh, fresh bread. Like Fuck. fucking everywhere. You got given a gift, which was very lovely from somebody. Yeah. And you would never stay at this oh, place yeah, you'd, yourself. Uh, ne- no, you'd never pay for A thousand bucks a night? Yeah, it was crazy. So... I was, um, yeah, there's fucking fresh breaded with like a little bit of butter and honey and shit. It was and no great. doubt is your cheat day. Yeah. Oh, it was a cheat weekend. But the thing was like just laying there, I literally felt like dough as she was like rolling me out. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was literally like, I was waiting for her to like dust me with flour. <laughs> I'd be worried to drop my guts. That is literally, I was meditating on the words, don't fart. Don't fart, don't fart. It's better than don't crack a heart on. Don't crack, don't crack a heart on. I feel like it's um yeah. I feel uh, I felt pretty safe in not getting a heart on. It just isn't that like you're um. I feel like I'm too anxious about everything that's going on, or yeah, just like yeah. thinking about things in my head. Like I told her, said, "Is there anything you know I should know?" I'm like, ah. Oh, if I get hot, I get a, a heat rash sometimes. So if you see hives, don't stress. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. I said that. And there was a point where she did like bring over this fan. Like, I hear shh. And there were, she turned on and it was really nice, cool air on me. So it was nice. It was Brie in the room? Yeah, it was like a couple thing. She was getting a different experience. But the really funny. Sven was working on her. Exactly. But the, the funny thing was that. Um, I had told Brie about the bamboo sticks thing. That's what I thought it was. And she laughed and said, no, it's not like that. But the funny thing is they do have sort of this thing where it's like a massage reset halfway through where they do have these sticks and they just lightly like hit you with it. But the funny thing is you hear the sounds and it sounds like exactly what I thought it was going to happen. And I couldn't help but just like apparently Brie was laughing too. Just this idea that I'm laying there and they're whacking me with um, bamboo. Was she laughing? Yeah, she was. She was. She said she was holding it in and sort of doing. Her body was sort of shaking. Interesting. But um, I find with all of these different things that people tend to under communicate, like in the sense of staying at really nice places or fancy restaurants. The user experience, for mm. whatever reason, is normally shit, right? Like, so, for instance, we had a three-course meal included with the whole thing and you go to the fancy restaurant and shit like that. But there's um, four courses on the menu, right? 
And so they never make it cl- like I always feel like they under communicate what's going on. So I'm like, okay, there's four. What do we are we do we pick the last one? They- the hard thing is, I think when people have money, there's everyone's different. So there's the person that's got money doesn't want to be spoken to. Yeah, that just wants to read the menu and dine with their friend or mm. partner, whatever. And then there's you, the thinker, who wants to be nurtured. And so there'd be restaurants that are fully yeah. like take you on this immersive journey and explain everything to you. But I don't like that either. Like I fucking hate... What do you, what do I you don't like know what I want. I'm just a pain <laughs> But no, it's like, you know, you go into the room, you go into these fancy rooms and they show you around like a real fucking idiot. Like, oh, here's the... Um, the here's the window. <laughs> they just yeah. over-explain everything in that regard. But the restaurants and the massage type of thing, I feel like they're what I would like. So after the massage finished... They're like, oh, thank you so much. Like, we go out into this little uh, reception bit, and you like, mm. they ask you want sparkling or still, and I, you know, got sparkling water, and Lala. you're drinking it, and they're like, oh, they sort of have this end thing where like, oh yeah, thanks so much, did you enjoy it? Blah blah blah. And they will have a lovely day, and they sort of um, walk away. Mm. And I said to Bree, I'm like, do we, do we just let, do we just go now? It just wasn't clear. Mm. I just feel mm. like. Um, and fancy restaurants, I think, fall for this too, where it's like the user experience isn't always that great. Like they've gone so fancy that they've forgotten just the obvious shit. Like they overcomplicate mm. stuff. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's, but looking at the internals of a business like a restaurant at the top end, yeah, so much stress, managing people, so many different personalities, waiters, guests like you, but I, food <laughs> fucking up. Well, I just feel like, you know, we were asking like what's... Because we had our first night dinner included and then they said, um, here's some recommendations from some other places around. And they're all talking about hats. Like, oh, this one has a, a hat or something. Or this yeah, is yeah, one's yeah. very close to getting a hat. Mate, I don't, very do, close I don't, to getting yeah. a hat. Yeah, he's like, mate, this one doesn't have a hat, but they should have a hat. I'm like, what uh? the fuck are we talking about why do i All care what's irrelevant then to actually get yeah. in the first place why the fuck do i do, have they been listening to my podcast where i said that i'm no longer a hat guy because i don't know why they keep talking about it i think the easy bit is looking into a business and seeing the fucking flaws and and you know gordon ramsay's got his own show yeah. about this he just comes in and tells people what the fuck they're doing wrong oh it's, it's, it's i would i would thrive in that scenario because it's it's easy throwing that out there yeah and I'm not. I'm not saying you shouldn't judge because I think your experience is your no, experience. My, but my experience is, and where I'm, you know, coming to the point is that I don't necessarily value fancy. I like if I think about all the, you know, you travel and you'll do one mm. night at a really nice restaurant or st- stuff like that. We did that in New York or, or different different mm. places, and the best experiences that I've had has been the hole in the wall fucking like taco joint in San Diego. Standing around eating them. Yeah. And so that's the thing. The fancy, I do not value. Like you spend fucking a couple of hundred bucks at a at a rest, at a fancy restaurant or yeah. you spend like $30 at some other place. I just don't think that there is a correlation between how much you spend and the experience that you're going to have. Imagine the people that are eating at restaurants that are those top end five days a week, how delusional they become. Yeah. Because you would. And and delusional, not in a bad sense, but just that's your reality. 
versus you know not having to put a fucking napkin on your on your crutch. Yeah, but it's I just find it all a little like it's a bit wanky. It's a bit invasive. If I I make from your personality and yeah. bringing that in, it's quite intimate. Yeah, there's levels of bits where they're getting close. I I don't know if you, that's well, they're you're just all about that. I think they just said something like they say something. Oh, it's like oh, let's um. I can't remember. Just around like the wine list. It's all a bit wanky. Because like, we did I do- love the theatre of that though. Yeah. I love them talking about the wine. I don't even give a shit. I'm more impressed that they fucking have this knowledge in their head. Well, they're like, would you like to take... Because we, we had a, a red wine or whatever. And they were like... You started oh, drinking. Just just red wine. That's okay. where I dropped it. Because I, I feel like I'm got an addictive personality. And I'm sort of like... It's either red wine or methylated spirits. <laughs> I don't want to get there. So I've got one hand on the metho bottle exactly. as well. It's got the kids lock so you can't <laughs> open it yet. So no, but they do the whole like, oh, would you like to try it? And I'm just like, no, nah, man, I'll tr- I trust you. <laughs> I just yeah, yeah. I trust you. But I don't know. I think that it's um sometimes it's it's this overcomplication of things. What I like is just really simple like simple menus to understand. I love mm. fucking that's what I love about In and Out Burger. It's like you've got like Double, double, you got fucking cheese, but like you've got these really <laughs> Did easy you grow things. up in the suburbs? <laughs> Can you believe it? Keep it simple, guys. Fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> Friday you, night, keep it real simple. What's the what's the fanciest restaurant you've ever been to? Uh, I've been to ones in New York that were quite fancy. I mean, Donovan's is quite fancy. Um, I haven't been to the, you know, 10-course digger station, but we, I want to. I would like that, but uh, I don't know. Man... People would look at the places I've been, and I haven't even been to the the top end, yeah. and think about how much money I've wasted. Yeah, but, but I enjoy the experience. Yeah. So if you don't enjoy the experience, don't fucking waste your money. Nobu, that's pretty. Yeah, that's we've a, been there. That's, that's, that's nice. The Japanese is it? It's Japanese. I think. Do they have one in London? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think we went um, there in London. What's old mates? They had like a big ice crystal fucking thing. But I like doing it once as an experience. Mm. But then I'm happy just to go to fucking regular, regular places. After I just that. want to shift the gear, yeah, um, and show you something that it might require us to put the audio no, in. It's a pain in the ass, but go on. But I am a pain in the ass. But I think it's interesting, and this is um, a video that was created by Channel Nine, which is in Australia one of the you know big networks, mm-hmm. television networks. Yeah, I just think they've just missed the beat. Completely, and okay. that's all I'll leave you with to start okay. with. But I'll show you it, yeah. and um, I'll I'll do the. You best don't have can. to do the. Just keep the mic on you. you okay, don't. okay. Here it is. You want to know what I love about Nine? How much time have you got? You know what? I think I've got something for that. It's simple. The people. I learn something new every day. Nine is really like a home away from home. I love the fun and vibrant culture. We all help to create that. No matter how big the company gets, it's always felt like family. That's why I love being a part of Nine. The calibre of staff we attract on all levels is inspiring. Though sometimes it does remind me of having an annoying little brother. (laughs) We're encouraged to experiment with the latest technology across the business. Means I'm constantly learning. And that's how you stay one step ahead and lead change and drive this industry forward to shape the future of the Australian media landscape. That's all I'll give you. Yeah. So this is the first comment on the video. By guy who uh, this is on LinkedIn, mind you. So this to to give you give people context is the first time I'm seeing it. But this is the 
standard sort of employer brand video, which is like we are we need to sell why we're a good employer. And we're going to have a bunch of people who work for us say why it's such a good place to work. Yeah, I guess that's what the the thinking is. And this this is a guy named Ben Parsons. He I um, know Ben. He wrote, yeah. "I'm lost as to why this was created. Feels like a combination of HR and an on air promo. Maybe follow Jules Lund and make it authentic." So what I was thinking is like, I don't know if. Uh, like so, that's a polished video, high production yeah. value, uh-huh. polished video. I'm trying to work out if they if they can exist together, this high production value and authentic. Yeah, because they have not hit the authentic part there because all of that's scripted. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it seems so inauthentic. Yeah, and that Ben's comment I think is all around how they've done the opposite, and it's come from one of the biggest networks. And maybe that's where it's like there's no... Maybe that's why it's happened. Yeah, well, I guess that it comes back to what we spoke about on that episode around storyboarding and scripting and things like Mm. that. And it's like having a script doesn't mean a higher production value. I mean, what is production value? In some of it, it's getting an authentic... uh, Telling an authentic story. Yeah. And so they've they've prioritised messaging and creating a script and making sure that it's all dialed in versus the performance and the performance if it's an authentic one needs to be people saying things that they actually believe believe yeah but not only believe that they're not being sort of told to say yeah which it, it, it seems like they got all told to say what they just said yeah and even if they believe it it comes across as a little <laughs> bit scripted so maybe it, maybe it's because of the landscape that we're in now so uh, this is a digital ad. It's not a television commercial yeah. that's going to be shown on the format of TV. Maybe they've just missed the mark so much with it being on the in it, within the digital realm yeah. with the way they've produced that. And I think you know the only interest. Maybe this isn't interesting for other people, but I do think that everyone's striving for authentic content or mm. at least real messages being shared that that are honest. I find what I find more interesting is that Ben has sort of had a go. Don't you <laughs> or, think? I think yeah, that, that like it's pretty um you know going out there and knowing that someone within a team has created this. There's a team that's created this and he's basically calling them out and saying this is fucking bullshit. Um uh, did they have any comments? No, nah, well they haven't written back, but someone wrote in response to him, uh, referring to Jules Lund's videos, Jules Lund's videos are authentic because he runs a business that thrives on everyone creating content. This is authentic because nine thrive on prove- professionally produced content. So that's terrible advice. I see his point, but I think they're trying to sell in. So they're taking a... It's like maybe not everyone should approach content uh, you know, not everyone, not everyone's business should be trying to offer up educational style yeah. content. Well, no, I think that authenticity is about being true to you and probably that is what you'd expect from Channel 9, to be mm. honest. So I think that in that but regard... But are they trying to take an approach of a, a new age approach? Yeah. Have they well, got that wrong? Well, I think that they're potentially, they're, they're creating, they're bringing their personality. It's like you've got a guy in a suit mm. doing a vlog... It's going to it's it's going to Casey Neistat, <laughs> but if you if you look at that, there's a specific um, 
you know, there's a... At the moment, when yeah. we think of vlogging, we think that the person has this sort of certain aesthetic. They need to be casual. They need to be mm-hmm. this. That. How would the president of the United States, how would Donald Trump do... How could he use vlogging in an authentic way? It would be really fucking hard, wouldn't it? Yeah, the reason but I'd I bring love up, to fucking watch it. The reason I bring up Trump, I've been watching this great fucking Netflix series that goes through his life. Ama- like really amazing if you've got time. It's a, I, we've gone through a couple of episodes, but yeah. just his, um, uh, you know, the uh, how how he basically um, took on new york real estate and, and the stuff they did in manhattan and then later uh what he did in vegas and all that sort of thing but so you're saying the format of a vlog would be out of alignment with Who donald trump is. as a brand yeah exactly and so do you think this example from nine is out of a alignment not for the so the style is definitely not out of alignment yeah. def, the style of that video is definitely the what you would expect to see from yeah. a production that, company like Channel Nine. Yeah. I think there's there's two two parts. There's their style, their personality, and then there is the uh, the realm in which they're playing in. So, for instance, Hamish Blake, funny dude, mm. put him in a funeral, talking at a funeral. He will be adapting to that situation that he's in, right? So, a, a comedian in a, a funeral environment, will he be cracking as many jokes? Will he be doing... No, you sort of change change the tone. And so, potentially what's happened here is they're playing it on uh, online and there's a disconnect between their personality, what's core to them mm. and where they're playing. Mm. So... It's a tricky one. They, you know, maybe they need to uh, adjust. Yeah, but the the I mean, the other thing too is who is you got to ask who is their audience. Maybe they haven't even asked yeah. that, right? And so maybe Ben isn't their audience. Ben's maybe looking at it from a broader point of view and saying, okay, is this um, is this uh, you know, he doesn't find it appealing or he thinks that it's not, you know, the but right if, Yeah. So the lesson for taking out of that is. Because I, I did think around the audience thing. I don't know if they've got that dialed in. Yeah. But, and so for the any start, it's like going, should you create a vlog? It's like the Donald Trump thing. People contact me about creating that kind of content. Yeah. And then sometimes they are accountants. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that suits the style of business that they're in or the brand that they've got because the messages that they want to share aren't in alignment with that style well, they to, need to, to be, hit their audience because I don't know who the audience is. Yeah, they, I think you need to be you and whatever that is. And so that means you can't be adjusting too much. You know, I think that these specific styles enhance whoever you are. And so, you know, I've spoken about this. I remember doing it, turn off your fucking uh, text message uh, and you read it too. The... Um, <laughs> No, it's. I remember saying it on LinkedIn. It's like video will uh, enhance uh, or elevate uh, people's personalities in the sense of if you are a dickhead and you mm. make a video, you'll probably look like more of a dickhead. If you are someone who's interesting, then that will come up too. Mm. So I think that video 
has the opportunity to put a spotlight on people. And it's polarizing yeah. I th- in yeah. the way you share it. And I think that the the other point too is you've got to think about how these people might be just completely out of their depth. So who is being asked to make that video? Mm. Is HR being told we need to make this or HR saying we need to make this video mm. and they're producing it because they're, they don't necessarily have the chops the storytelling chops to be able to you know to tell that story in that medium Mm. and so that constantly happens even with video production companies where it's like what you're paying for when you come to full stack films is the fact that i've made a dozen of these types of videos and they're not just going to be a scripted piece we'll understand what the business is and we'll tell that story in authentic in it an authentic way. Someone's got to be up for that though, right? And they're the usually the ones that get the results are being up for having someone along for the whole process. Because you can imagine someone has just gone, right, we need this style done now. Yeah. Go. But I could see that even though that that might not be that um, effective, how much time they would have spent on that. Like in getting all the different, like scripting it oh, is actually wait. almost harder because yeah. they're going through and saying, okay, we need this person to say that and that. And I get it. I actually think that it's a um, it's a hybrid, what they've created, and that's what's made it hard. So they've mm. created what would normally be a reel that they would sort of a corporate reel that they mm. might be able to send to clients, you know, mm that advertise on their network and they've tried to merge it with an employer brand which is going to be potential employees. I think, you know, everyone's trying to cater to the craving for authentic content yeah. but it's just making sure that that is your authentic voice, finding yeah. your authentic voice. Yeah, and because I don't think that even having done stuff with um, uh, a neurosurgeon recently... You know, filming him, he's not necessarily a vlogging style too. He's got credibility. He's got like, do you want your the medical professional to be holding a camera and being a loose unit? Mm. Um, and so I think that <laughs> yeah, not the guys yeah. opening up your back, yeah, and so or that, your head. And so I think that that is part of it too, right? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think that it's um, this is their first step, and they'll. Um, I think that we just see this so many times where it's like. Uh, old school media coming in and trying to play this game mm. and they'll they'll get it wrong initially. I think that it's a good step though. I think that at yeah. least them doing this and the comment from Ben, that that means that next time they'll do it, they'll actually maybe yeah. do something that's a little bit better. Man, it's the hardest thing about making is putting it out there because yeah. people will. Not even that I'm criticizing them. It's just like having thoughts around yeah. their approach. And it helps yeah. if you're willing to take the advice on board. But what's harder is fucking posting it. As it, you know, someone else has pressed the button on that. There's yeah. 40 people involved yeah. in a video like that. Whereas when it's your own piece of content, it's usually just you and yourself pressing go and doing everything. And yeah. that's hard. I think the other thing that's hard and that I've been thinking a, thinking a bit about is is that starting bit and whether when it gets too late to start. So podcasting, for mm. instance, you know, I, you know, I've, we've spoken about this before. 
I've you know started podcasting in 2005. I had my first podcast. It was fucking terrible. Eleven. You were eleven. I was fifteen. <laughs> you know, fifteen years old, creating not far cr- off eleven. Cr- you know, <laughs> shit. You know, I was cr- you know creating a podcast then, and then I had a real crack at it in probably like 20, 2011, where I was twenty one, so it was a little bit better. Yeah. And you know, the daily talk show we've started in twenty eighteen, and a part of me before we started, I'm like, is it too late? Have we? Is it too late to start? Have we missed the boat? Mm. I mean, what's your thought thought on that type of thing? Uh, no, because I, I, I still think that people aren't quite there yet with it. Yeah. I was talking to my friend the other day about all the money that would have been wasted from investors, venture capitalists, in creating platforms for podcasts back in 2012. Yeah. And that was too early. And I think, you know, there's some now that are coming on board. Maybe they're too early. But it's definitely becoming ingrained. Like so many more people. Maybe it's that we're into it and we have one. Yeah. But so many more people are now into like podcasts, just knowing what it is, knowing what they are and what they bring and where their place. Yeah. The place is when you're driving or when you have, you know, when you're going in a walk or a run. Like this is now people are wanting to learn his stories in longer form more yeah well i even think about it i was i uh i've been listening to game changers a bit uh which is um created by a guy named craig bruce who you know Mm. and he's uh you know one of the top content guys in the in the radio world in australia he was one of the people who sort of discovered hamish and andy and all that sort of thing it's interesting hearing them talk about radio and one of the things that i've been taking from it is or what i've been thinking about and reflecting on is right Hamish and Andy created a show in say 2005 let's say around that time radio has been around for how many fucking years right radio has been around like you you can type in old radio and listen to fucking AM shows from the 20s and all that Mm -hmm. sort of thing so radio is a just a device yeah it's a medium so it's even on that medium, it's changed what's yeah. happened to it. So, it's, yeah, it's a very long time. And so, the thing is that it wasn't like uh, H&A were saying, oh, it's, it's fucking too late. Like, the funny thing is that podcasting is, what, uh, 12 years old, something like that, mm. 14 years old. How how funny is it that we start thinking it's too fucking late? We've missed the boat. <laughs> Right, and I think that YouTube, in some regards, these sorts of platforms are started starting to um, even Instagram. You know, even Jules talks about it from Tribe. Um, you know, cre- creating that in- having that Instagram following that some people have just isn't there as an opportunity now because of algorithms and stuff like that. Yeah. So the the lateness meaning because people will still be on these and be successful on these platforms. Yeah. But more so on what was happening on the platform so yeah instagram it was just open they yeah. had it open it was sharing itself it's made, basically it's like linkedin video was doing really well for a short period because it was spreading the linkedin video feature yeah and so if you could ride that and so but i think consistency we've talked about that long game yeah. with podcasting if you are actually up for it yeah I, I don't think it's too late yeah i think that and, and that's the key is it's like 
what's the other option? If it's too late to start, <laughs> what else are you going to fucking do? And so I think that it's like... It's an easy statement to throw the towel in. Too late. Yeah. Well, and then what are you going to do, right? Like I think that we yeah. are... Um, and I think that especially when you are an early early adopter, you can get quite um, jaded by the whole thing and fucking mm. your eyes get sore from just fucking rolling them back into your head as you think about <laughs> like the fact of like you hear people talking about podcasting and getting excited now. And I, I really do think about being 2004 when I started listening to them yeah. and just being like, are you fucking kidding me? Like how much things have changed? Yeah. And um. You know, it's that I, you know, I wrote that. I, th- I think one of the reasons we're doing this podcast right now is because of that note that I put on my desk at the beginning of the year, which was knowing isn't doing. And so you can know that fucking podcasting is great. It's going to be the next big thing and all that yeah. sort of thing. But why aren't you fucking leveraging it? Mm. And so that's what I'm trying to do more of. It's like if I believe in these things, if I have these hypotheses around this is what's going to be the future. Why the fuck am I giving all this information to clients or other people or coaching other people and, and getting them on the way? And you also don't have to be number one. Yeah. I think maybe you, the thought around, oh, it's too late is, oh, it's too late to be PewDiePie on in, on YouTube. Yeah. The biggest YouTuber in the world, 60 million subscribers. What if you had one, uh, 10%? No, 10%. Yeah. Fucking six Can million. Can you never do fucking maths on this show? No, but I was you, trying to go lower. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. 1%, yeah. 6,000 yeah. subscribers. That's fucking good. Yeah. And so, but if you're trying to think about being number one, you're mm-hmm. at the front, you got on the first boat. There's plenty of little ships sailing out. Yeah. I know you got you back with that analogy, metaphor. <laughs> I love a metaphor. Bring them back. But no, I, I think that it's it's like this, right? It's um, he's gonna one up me with a no, man. No, 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 you just gotta you gotta see me. this. What's it? Save tattoos, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, listen to this. So tattoos, right? Say yeah, tattoos yeah. became really popular in uh, twenty fifteen. Yeah, the opportunity in twenty eighteen is that you can get you have seen the trend you've been able to hone it you've been able to get yeah. something i got a face tat 2015 exactly and you know what now it's all about the bicep so you can take that knowledge so for me what i'm excited about is maybe if in 05 we were doing a youtube channel yeah. we would have had to do something a certain way mm. but now we're actually taking it in a new direction and we can only do that because of the context we have now and mm. when you Start something. Starting something is almost putting a bit of a post in saying this is this is what we stand for, mm. and I think that by starting now has opened up different opportunities than a podcast mm. ten years ago. The tattoo one fell flat. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's great. I still got the point though. It's great that you can even just fall flat in one, but still nail home a point. <laughs> <laughs> the Daily Talk Show, everyone. Please send us your emails. Hi at the Daily Talk Show.com. And we're also posting on Instagram a lot more now. So please uh, follow us on Instagram. It's the Daily Talk Show. I actually feel sorry for the guy that got the face tat in 2015. <laughs> He's doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>